I'm Claire Manship. And I'm Ian Brodsky. And this is The Thing That Happened This Week. The show where everyone brings a story from the past seven days and we break it down. So buckle up! And we're recording. And we're back. Hey. Sup, y'all? We have been doing a lot of recording recently. Yeah, busy. Busy, busy. We got a cat here. We have a cat here. I guess Shannon's episode will air later, so yeah. people don't know that you're cat and dog sitting right now. I am cat and dog sitting right now on like what's the border of the Upper West Side in Harlem, and it is beautiful. Shout out to Libby for giving me this job. Hi, Libby. Thanks, girl. And she has a really cool uh, rooftop that has like a lounge on it, so... I saw an ad in the elevator on the way up here for a rooftop, like, get-to-know-your-neighbors thing. Really? Yeah, and it was, like, really positive. It was, like, soft music, (laughs) beer, and finger foods, weather permitting. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's New York. That is New York, although it's a gorgeous day today. It is. I mean, I would say not a cloud in the sky. I was about to say not a cloud in the sky, and then I looked out the window, and there's some small wispy clouds. Some small ones, but I feel like this is the first day since the election that it's been, like, bright skies i know gosh the first day after the election it was like the sky knew it like yeah it (laughs) was clearly telling it really was well and what's nice about recording here is it's so fucking quiet yeah it's so quiet it's so quiet so quiet we can use our npr voices welcome back to pop culture happy hour (laughs) (laughs) i I probably have to cut that out because i'll be mad you know what? I won't. We're going to take it. Take it for all it's worth. Yeah. Take that trademark right to the bank. Exactly. And if they sue us, then it's a pleasure to meet you guys. So nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> we really respect your work. Gosh, I do listen to a lot of NPR, don't I? Yeah. But like, NPR is great. I said don't I, like you know what I'm listening to at all. <laughs> well, I, at, the, at this point, I, I feel like I kind of do. <laughs> yeah, because almost everything that I statistically quote is from some NPR, NPR. sort. Well, because they do a really good job of staying bipartisan and yeah. unbiased. Yeah. Yeah, although they'll tell it like it is. They'll say when something's fucking crazy. Oh, for sure. Um, what else can we talk about? Oh, good question. Gosh, we're really interesting. We are such... Guys, thank you for sticking with us. <laughs> the tough thing about doing multiple episodes a week is that it's hard to... It's hard to, one, come up with the chit-chat because... See, when I see Ian, when we come to record together, we try not to say hi very much at the beginning because if we get it on the mic, then the conversation will be better. Oh, yeah. Then if we share what happened, you know, what's going on and then start recording, then, exactly. we, then we're out of topic. Correct. Yeah. Gosh, we're boring. But Do you think this is how it is to date us? Probably. 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 I'm terrible at conversation. Do you get... Do you, how, ooh, I just dropped that my That was phone. a phone. That was, there's a cat. There's a phone. There's, there's so there's much There's so going much on. going on here, guys, <laughs> that we can't even talk about just because we have no idea how to. <laughs> is that how, how dates go for you? Like, is the conversation, like, getting those gears turning? It depends. I think the, the, uh, the challenge is more longevity because, like, you get to know someone and then, like, after a while, it's like, okay, well, you already know about me. My college... I don't know what else to say. My college boyfriend and I, like, one time planned a really romantic dinner and we had been going out like uh, just over a year and we planned a really romantic dinner at Nobu and for those that don't know if you don't live in a in a major metropolis no which like who is listening to this out in the middle of nowhere no one is listening to this out in the middle of we don't America. know we don't know that maybe uh, you know what? and if you are right in well and we just had an amazing write-up by uh hannah kate moriarty rogerson oh yeah on her blog hannahkate.com check that the fuck um, out yeah and she's in england she's an expat uh from america to england and <laughs> the cat is the just... cat is loving you. <laughs> the cat got me. Ooh. Chloe, 
Come here, Chloe. She's not. I don't think whistling works with cats. Does it work with cats? I don't know. It works with children sometimes. <laughs> it works with children. They're like um, the same thing. But yeah, maybe there are people listening out in the middle of England because of Hannah Kate. That'd Thank be great. Thank you, Hannah Kate. Thank you, Hannah Kate. We love you so much. We love you. But what I was saying is, if you don't live in a in a metropolis, um, you might not know what Nobu is. Um, I don't. Chef Nobu. I think his name is Matsuhisa Nobu. Uh, owns uh, many restaurants in places like New York, and we have two locations here. I think there are two in LA, one in Miami, one in Hong Kong, like uh, maybe one in Chicago. I don't know if they have a Nobu in Chicago, but the point is, it's fancy pants, sushi pants. Oh, really? The ones in New York are co-owned by Robert De Niro. Oh, Bobby De Niro. So anyway, Will oh. and uh, Will and I, my college boyfriend Will and I, planned this really romantic dinner. We weren't having like a fight or anything, but we got we we got there and there was nothing to talk about. Really, we'd been going out a year and there was nothing to talk about because we bi- we were binging the same shows together. Mm-hmm. We were essentially living together. There was no like, there's no news. There's nothing to like catch up on. And neither of us had regular nine to fives at the time, so we weren't uh, like we, we didn't have news from the day or office gossip. Or I'm jealous of people with office gossip. Right. Because, like, oh. there's no, like, I mean, what if you're in a show, there's gossip, but, like... But it's a different kind of gossip yeah. where everyone knows it before you talk to them about it. Exactly. It's just, like, known among. I would love to work in an office where... I had... Oh, I don't want to put anyone on blast. But I had a boyfriend one time that he worked in a firm where one of his, like, cube mates, one of his, like, nearby cubicle mates uh-huh. was, like, boffing the female boss who everyone thought was a major bitch. And then, they, and then like, this rumor started spreading that she was sleeping with a subordinate. And oh then, my God. and then everyone thought she was super cool because of it. Boffing, boffing the boss. Boffing the boss, boffing honey. The boss. That's my that's the my, boss. That's my new ABC Prime Type show at seven thirty. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's right before How to Get Away with Murder. Oh god, it's like whatever diet Shondaland is. Yeah, literally, boffing the boss by yeah. Shondaland. I remember in high school, I think I had like one or two teachers that like were. It was rumored that they were sleeping with students. <gasps> really. It was, like, a really, like, not even serious rumor. Like, it had gone around, but, like, I think it was so low-key that, like, if anyone important had heard it, they'd be like, yeah, that's not real. Wow. Um, Which I know, like, it should be taken rather seriously. Yeah. But I think, like, it was just, like, this degree of rumor is just like, nah. I had a major crush on my high school English teacher. One of my Well, (laughs) I make that sound like I only had one, because the others were female. But the one that was male, Uh because I'm heterosensitive, his name, I'm I'm just going to say, there's no way he will ever listen to this. Sure. (laughs) Until I get famous. Exactly. And then everybody goes back in the archives. Um, Greg Greentree, and for anyone who went to Westfield High School, they know that he was the hottest teacher. He's was so that a thing? fucking hot. Yeah, it's Greg so Greentree. Funny. Greg with two G's at the end. G-R-E-G-G. Gregaga. Gregaga. Um, we used to, like, burn CDs for one another. And Wow. Yeah, and when he wrote my college, uh, like... Recommendation re- letter? Yeah, he wrote me a rec letter. He was really into IBC cream soda, and I bought him, like, a six-pack of cream soda and, like, essentially wrote him, like, a pretty romantic note about how, like, his class had meant so much That's to so me, and funny. I was, like, obsessed with his friendship, and... I used to like stay after class to talk about band of horses with him. Like I was, I was crazy about this man and he had been married for like 10 years. He had two sons. Like it was like, and I was like 16, like in love with this 35 year old teacher. I had a, um, a history teacher in like seventh and eighth grade who was a professional wrestler and bodybuilder. 
What? Yeah, like he's a good-looking guy. How he was, did like, that a come about? Coach. Like, did did he was that just he known was, about him? Yeah, it was because he. It was not that like he led like a double life because he was actually. A, and if anything, like the teaching was the side hustle. Yeah. Because he was like. Teaching yeah, because hustle. he was always like promoting his um wrestling matches and stuff, and like wow. when you're in a very like sports driven community, like that's actually fascinating. And he was a great teacher; I learned a whole lot from him too. He and he married like this one of the substitutes who was um also a bodybuilder, and I think she was also a wrestler. But like, of course, like it made perfect sense that like the two of them were a married couple because they were the two most like beautiful Aryan looking figures in the county. Of course, of course, we had a teacher. Did you guys have this class called Geosystems? No. So Geosystems is like senior year science for anyone who didn't join AP. Okay. For those that don't know what AP is, advanced placement. I was going to say, I think everyone knows what AP is, unless they're abroad. Well, or if they went to public school, it's I. If they went to some kinds of public schools, it's IB. Okay. Yeah. Because we didn't have IBs, we only had APs. We only had APs. I went to public school, but there were schools in my county, like other public schools nearby, that offered both AP and IB. Yeah. Yeah. It just depends on how many teachers you have available that are Mm -hmm. certified in the in in the curriculum. But anyway, these advanced placement classes start, you know, sophomore year, and if you haven't joined them on any scale for any subject by senior year, they make, like, a really simplified version of the class for anyone who didn't go for it. And at that point, I was like, whatever, I'm going to conservatory. I'm not taking any APs. Really? Like, yeah, I didn't take any APs. Because I just, I, I just, I knew in my heart I was going to get a Bachelor of Fine Arts, and none of those credits would transfer. None. I I took, like, all the APs I could and not really? that like and like I didn't take a whole like I had friends who were exclusively in AP classes yeah and like I wasn't like that I think I maybe took like like six total throughout high school yeah but like I was still about that like I was still like all about APs and like I think it was just because like they fostered like an academically competitive environment totally which was both like really good and really bad in different ways even knowing that I was going to be like a theater major I was just like I, I still want to get I still want to get all A's and APs and... Oh, gosh Ian is just so much more ambitious than I am <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> oh, yeah, but Geosystems is, like, eighth grade science. Like, it was, like, what is a galaxy? What is a star? Here are, like, rock forms. Like, blah, blah, blah. And they were things we all already knew, but because we opted not to go into the advanced placement coursework, they have to reteach you things you already know because there's nothing left to, mm-hmm. to know without, like, going to college and studying biology or, you know, chemistry or whatever. So this class was taught by, I can't remember this guy's name, but he was so fucking crazy. And I remember, (laughs) I wasn't in this class when this happened, but I remember that he won the lottery and like went on a crazy bender and then showed up to his class the next morning with like a sombrero on, like the whole thing. That's amazing. And was like super drunk trying to teach the class. And like they, I think they offered him a probation and he was like, I just won the lottery. I quit. Like I quit. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. And so good for him. Ballsy move. I know. I know. How crazy is it? And I remember one other thing in that class was we had to create some sort of learning mechanism and some kids brought a game called Water Pong to the class for us to learn. And if you get, and if you get the, the ping pong ball in the, in the solo cup, which everybody knows what game this is really supposed to be. Yep. Um, then you get to ask another team, like, a difficult science question and hope that, that you knock them out of the game or whatever. I mean, that's at least a productive means of playing beer pong. 
I guess, but water pong, blech. Yeah. Blech. Did you guys, did you play a lot of beer pong in college? I did because my brother and his friends had like a pseudo frat house party space that everyone went to party at. And so because I was the little sister of the party host, I was always there. Okay. But I'm not, I mean, y'all know by now I'm sober. Like I've never been a great drinker. I've Mm. never had a good constitution for alcohol. I never played beer pong until I got to college. Oh yeah? And I remember it was when I was dating first Brittany. Um, First Brittany. Yeah. Well, they they won't know about the Brittany's yet because that episode has uh, okay aired. well i did i dated a multitude and by a multitude i mean two britneys and so th- that's just how i refer to them first and second britney <laughs> and like i'm still really good friends with uh first britney um so but second britney forget about fuck it. you no 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 she's great um first britney and i were um like a beer pong team like and then we were facing like the two guys that were like the champs of the theater department and i remember uh britney and i once beat them in a round of beer pong Whoa. and that was probably like the proudest moment of our relationship <laughs> So you're pretty, you're pretty, you're pretty good? No, not at all. That was just dumb luck. Oh, see, like, like what, what were y'all's house rules? Like, obviously elbows behind the table. Elbows behind the table. Um, when do you re-rack? Um, I know on threes, fives. But do you only get one re-rack a game? Uh, I think we did two. Oh, okay. See, we only get one. So you can choose diamond at four or a line at three. Those, yeah. But those, those were the big ones. Options. But like, because, like we also had like crack house at five and, oh, okay. um, and then behind like, the back, behind the back is for two. Yeah. In someone's drinking cup is the end of the game. That's like catching the snitch. Oh, yeah. And then off the wall is three. We also had, this was my favorite one, um, the party cup, where if it lands in, if it lands in a cup that's already been taken out, everyone like dances for a bit. Oh, yeah. Like, it, that was just fun. Like, that was my favorite. <laughs> it lands in the That's over. Our song was um, the OJ's, people all over the world, join, join hands. It's start a love train, love train. Ooh, that harmony though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, are we ready to introduce I, our, our guest? Absolutely. He has sung that song with me Wait, really? at those parties. Oh, no way. Yeah. Guys, we have a phone call coming up that we recorded earlier this morning with our amazing friend, Jeff Masters. You'll hear all about his work and the podcast that he's doing and the message that he's spreading. He's the fucking dude. He is the shit. The shit. We had the best phone call with him. Yeah. So, here it is. Guys, we are so lucky and excited to have our next guest on the phone all the way from Los Angeles, California. Um, We went to college together. I think he is wicked talented. And if you want to hear his projects or get involved with what he's working on, he is the host of the podcast LGBTQ&A. Please welcome Jeff Masters. Hey, Jeff. Hi, it's a mouthful. I'm sorry. No, my God. No worries. That's our job. No apologies. I I mostly made it a mouthful by just fawning over you. I just love you so much. Oh my god, well, I appreciate that, and I won't stop you. Um, <laughs> How? Well, my first like, couple of weeks doing the podcast, I was like, LGBTQ and a <laughs> It is a little bit of a mouthful, but I mean, the name is catchy as hell, babe. It's cool, brilliant. thank you. So yeah, let's talk about the show. I mean, are you just like freaking out? Is it the best thing ever? Yeah, it is. Um, it's, like, it's just like so much fun, and it's... It's kind of like the podcast that I, I wanted for a while, right? So, like, I love these interview shows. 
um, I don't want to compare myself to like Terry Gross and Fresh Air. Like I don't want to compare myself to Beyonce, but <laughs> I just kind of wanted that kind of podcast for different people in the queer community because I firmly believe that some of the most important and interesting people in the LGBTQ community are alive today. So like I want to like document those stories while they're alive. That's great. Um, now, how did that, like, how did it come about in partnering with uh, AfterBuzz TV? Like, how, did you pitch the show to them, or did they approach you? Like, what was that collaboration like? Um, so I have been a host there for about, like, three or four years. Oh, cool. Um, I was like, yeah, I, I'm there, like, an after show network. So I've been doing shows there, and um, they trust me well enough, and um, that they just kind of, like, let me, like, run with it, honestly. Amazing. I mean, it, it did did Maria Menounos or Kevin Undergar like did their team have a hand in its development, or is this kind of your baby from the get go? So they had it. They had a hand in um, like initial discussions, like what we thought it could be and um, the direction. Um, that said, though, we were the three of us have been all kind of on the same page from the beginning. Just that we wanted to be like informative, but also like a lot of fun. So, um, like, uh, like our guest last week was Bambi Salcedo, who is this, like, legendary activist in the trans community, and she, the work she does is so completely vital to trans women of color, but the trans community in the whole, but I also know that if you want to, like, hear that message, you need to make it, like, a little bit fun, and so that's a struggle, too, when, like, not to bring new down, but, like, when, like, trans women of color are, like, literally being, like, killed on the streets, and it's, like, reaching epidemic levels. Um, I want to, like, get that message out there while also not making it completely, like, unbearable, like, 30 minutes to listen to because you will just, like, turn off the podcast. Right. I mean, I'm sure it gets heavy. Like, what is your – what's your personal balance on, on the fun stuff and then getting down to the roots of the matters? I think that each episode itself has its own balance. Uh, I, no, I'm sorry. I think each episode itself um, can, like, counterbalance a, like, a less heavy one with, like, a more heavy one. So, um, like, Allie Liebegott from Transparent, she's one of the writers. Um, that was kind of, like, a more, like, thoughtful, quirky episode. And then we can, like, ha- follow that one up with uh, Joshua Allen, who writes for the TV show Empire, and talking about growing up on, like, the south of Chicago, where it was, like, more classically, a little bit, like, more of a violent childhood than I had. And that's not me, like, stereotyping. It's what he said, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I mean, do you, we're already on it, but what are your, some of your favorite guests and moments that have happened so far? You know what? Um, Shane Ortega is the first openly trans person to serve in the military, and we had him on about two weeks ago. Amazing. And, wow. yeah, it was an amazing, like, just, like, accomplishment, but also I didn't realize that he worked to get Don't Ask, Don't Tell repealed, and he worked to get the uh, ban on trans people serving repealed. And that is, like, impressive enough. But in the interview, I found out that his mom is a lesbian and was in the service for 20 years, and he saw how hard it was for her to serve under Don't Ask, Don't Tell. So he joined the military specifically to work on getting these laws repealed. Wow. Yeah. Especially we're recording this on Veterans Day. Like that it's 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 important. It, yeah, yeah, there's not even a word for how brave that is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and just knowing that that was like his like MO from the beginning, like that was what he his goal was and like he accomplished it. I just kind of like I'm like wow, like where do we go from here? <laughs> like mm-hmm. what am I doing? Have some of those moments in the studio gotten you a little verklempt? Yeah, like the shame I um 
like I was getting like chills hearing describe like his intention to like change the world literally. Um, some of them, yes, but also I know that they're coming. I don't want to sound like heartless, but, like with a couple of these like activists, like I know that their work is so like serious that um, it's never like a surprise, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's kind of like my job to like keep the interview going. Um, it's like you guys are actors, so like if you're like like bawling, crying during an emotional song, the song stops. You can't like no one can hear the next lyrics, right? Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. Part of you needs to like continue with the song. Yeah, that's literally. It's funny you say that because that was the thing that I was doing all summer. Is if you play a, an emotional role, like you can have those moments in rehearsal, but if the audience isn't getting the message, like there's no point in selling those tickets. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about this week. As we said, we're recording it on Veterans Day. I gosh, there's just so much to hash out here. What is the the morale of the LGBTQ plus community right now? Because I know it's it's kind of the beginning of a new phase, and these are trying times. And as two straight cis white people, Claire and I want to know from your perspective what you think might be next for that community, how we can help, how we can be allies, where allies can go and donate to and support. Uh, what do you think? I think that like the most actionable thing that you can do as allies is just to like text or call your friends and say, like, how are you doing? You know? Yeah. I think that's, like, the easiest thing. And I think that that means the world to me when somebody says, like, well, obviously, like, this is some of the election, right? Like, like this isn't the outcome you wanted. Like, how are you doing? And that just, like, lets you know that, like, that your friends and people in your life are, like, thinking about you and care about you. Apart from that, I volunteer at the Trevor Project, which is a national suicide outline for LGBTQ youth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I answer calls there. And, um, like, I would love to say, like, it's, like, full of hope right now, but um, it's, at the moment, we're, we're not there yet. There's been a record-breaking level of, of calls, actually. Oh, my God. Um, I, yeah, I, and I saw some number today. Uh, um, don't quote me on these numbers as we're, like, recording. Um, okay. Don't quote me on these numbers, but um, when the transgender bill was passed in North Carolina, banning the trans people from using their, uh, the bathroom. Yeah, HB2. Yeah, they had some crazy number of calls, like, that morning, like, before, like, noon or something of, like, say, like, 290. Oh. I saw a number today that said that after the election, they had, like, 400 calls before noon. Wow. Oh, my God. Well, and you, you're from North Carolina. I, we're calling you now on a North Carolina area code. Like, I'm sure that this beats close to your heart. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, and that's why I, like, have been volunteering at the Trevor Project for so long. But, um, I mean... I, you know, I don't want to, like, like spread false rumors because, um, like, there's stories of people in West Hollywood, where I live, um, being attacked, um, like, the night of the election. There's stories of, like, transgender kids around the country, um, like, killing themselves, and um, some of these stories I found are, like, fabricated. Some of them are just, like, gossip and rumors, and some of them have not been authenticated yet, so I don't actually know, like like, factually why, like, if that's happening, but I just know that, like, it's, like, a little bit of, like, a, a dismal mood. We've not yet found, like, the the line of, like, being hopeful. From my perspective, like, we can expect a few things, but, like, we don't actually know yet how our lives will change. It's easy for me to say that, like, as somebody who's, like, more privileged, privileged than other people, and I'm not in school, and I'm not, like, a lot of my friends can take, uh, can think for themselves and say, like, oh, like, a ban on Muslims, like, I don't agree with that, but at eight, eight years old, maybe, like, make fun of the 
Muslim kids in your school. So like I'm not experiencing that, but I'm still hesitant to like to like have a breakdown before I see exactly how my life will change. Right, exactly. So kind of our our last thought on the matter before we um, move on to the thing that happened this week. I mean, you said it's kind of uncertain, but what do you hope the future of the movement is? We we made such, I say we, I'm not a member of the community, but a strong ally. Like, there are so many um, strides made this year, just giving like a, a historical national doctrine to the Stonewall and, you know, just so many cool things that, that we've witnessed. And now it feels like we're at a, a bit of stagnation. Like, what do you hope the future, you know, can, can be? I think that what we'll have to hope for realistically is just to kind of like hold the line, you know? And I mean that not in terms of like marriage equality. I don't think that that's going anywhere. I'm thinking in terms of uh, like healthcare. Right. There's a lot of talk of like repealing Obamacare, and um, I don't know what's going to happen to like my friends who are HIV positive when their healthcare goes away and they're unable to find a new provider. You know, on like a very basic level, they like, literally need these drugs to survive. So like, um, I think that's a terrifying thought. And as far as the future of the movement, I think that the trans community has been largely ignored the trans community and gender non-conforming people. And I think that that is slowly being changed, but I think it needs to be changed much, much more quickly just because like some of the issues are reaching emergency levels and they've been ignored for a little bit too long. Well, and speaking within the medical context, is there any information we have yet on if Obamacare is repealed, what kind of hormone availability will there be for trans people across the world, across the country, I should say? Um, you know, it's so early to um, say at all, like, um, if it'll be repealed, if it'll be replaced by anything, and, like, what it will look like. Um, I, I will just say, too, that, like, not every trans person is a hormone or has a desire for surgery. And so, like, there, there are more concerns right now are, like, um, housing stability and, like, not losing jobs and homelessness. Yeah. And, um, they're at a much larger risk for these like, basic human needs. And so like that is, I think, like a major concern. Right. Well, and I know you've spent time in New York before, and you know what our community's like there. I just don't know anything about L.A. Like, what what's going on out there in yeah. terms of... New York, uh, as you probably know, and as most people listening to this probably know, it's a very, like, despite a few bad eggs, like, it's a very supportive, it's a very liberal, it's a very progressive community that was very blue. Um, how's it going out there in California, where it's kind of the same, but even on a larger scale, especially in Hollywood? Yeah, um, it's just like, it's like... It, um, I think it, everyone's just in shock because, like, we were not prepared for this, right? Like, the polls have never been so wrong, and so <laughs> yeah. we were able to, like, shout out, like, how excited we were for this president, and I think that on the whole, like, everyone I've talked to, no one had any doubts. And so, like, you know, it's a democracy, and this is how it goes. We knew the game we were playing, but no one was prepared for this just because um, we wrongfully thought that um, such a hateful rhetoric and talks of grabbing women's private parts and this would be taken seriously. And so everyone is just kind of um, walking around like zombies and also like with the new realization that, wow, our country is much more racist than we ever thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds really familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you all, yeah. you, you sit in traffic on, on any number of highways, but we're sitting on the train and it's like in your face all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't. I wonder too. Like, were we to be back in North Carolina during this election, would we have been more um, like weary 
of this outcome because of different like, perspectives. Because like you said too, I would be like at like a happy hour or a joke uh, or like a party, like a, a, even a week ago, and I'd be like, so like who's everybody voting for? <laughs> and like that was like a great joke that killed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it was so funny because I was in line to vote on Tuesday morning and uh, my friend Ryan came out of the polling place and he's a gay man and we hugged each other and I was like, so did you make America great again? And he's like, oh, you know, I did. I grabbed it by the pussy. And it was like, it was so funny that morning. And then <laughs> that night, it was, it was not so funny. sad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, thank you for getting into this with us. I know it's such a morbid way to start your morning. Oh, no worries. I'm not for hours. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and you have such a, especially with the podcast, again, it's LGBTQ&A. You have such a platform. And I'm so excited that, you know, I've I've always found you to be unbelievably kind-hearted and thoughtful. So I'm excited that other people can hear you in their earbuds and feel comforted that way. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, our next episode is with Peter Page, who is on Queer as Folk. So I'm really excited about that one. Amazing. Oh, cool. When does that when does that drop this coming week? Um, that drops on Tuesday morning. Okay. Got so it. this episode will air the day after, and everyone should go check it mm-hmm. out. Oh, so I'll say it should drop yesterday. Yes. Yesterday. <laughs> it, 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 it was great. Congratulations. <laughs> our audience is Thank in the future. So <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, so, Jeff, did you bring a thing that happened to you this week? I know it was a heavy week, but what happened to you? Um, you know what? I go on a lot of dates, and I had, like, a really bad one. Oh, no! <laughs> um, it's fine. It's like, I, like uh, I'm fine. I'm going to be okay. Um, there's a lot to put into perspective. But it was just, like, one thing after another that just, like, annoyed the crap out of me. And that I think just... I was not expecting, um, like, for instance, I, um, everybody in LA loves to talk about direction. And um, this guy picked me up and we are going to a movie and he's like plugging in the movie theater address into his Waze, like the, the map app. Oh, yeah. Like, uh-huh. exist in New York, Waze, okay. <laughs> a lot of oh, no. a, a lot of what Lyft or Uber drivers use it, right? Yeah, it's big here because right. it's like it's a Middle Eastern, um, like mainly Israeli, like founded uh, application. Oh, I didn't oh, know that. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, it just dawned on me that, like, did they even have that in New York? <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, I, think, I think Waze and Lyft have an exclusivity clause between them. Like, Lyft oh. has to use Waze. Like, all Lyft drivers use Waze. Oh, mm. that makes sense. Um, so we're going to the movie theater, and he plugs it into his Waze. Uh, mind you, I live 0.9 miles from the movie theater, and it's, it's one road. And so I was like, oh, just take Sunset. And he was like, well, I want to see, like, the fastest way to get there. And I was like, oh, gee, I mean, just take Sunset, though. It's, like, 29 miles. He was like, well, well, like, maybe there's a better route. And I was like, okay, cool. We can save 90 seconds, sure. Um, <laughs> so he slugs in his, his ways, and it said, take Sunset. And he puts it on his dashboard to see if it'll, like, change throughout. And I was like, okay, that's weird. But also, like, that's not something that, like, is a make or breaker. It's just, like, a quirky thing. So I was like, okay, great. We start driving this .9 miles, and 
he was such a bad driver that I literally could not make conversation in the car. <laughs> oh my god. What happened? I swear to God. Well, he's like swerving in and out of traffic, and then, um, you know when like cars are parked on like the right side of the road? He's like swerving into that lane, speeding up, and then because there's a car park, he has to get back into the next lane and go over. He's crossing in and out of traffic, and he's like um, speeding to red light and smashing on the brakes. And I literally was like, where the fuck did you learn how to drive? <laughs> <laughs> And I, I like, could not form like a complete sentence. <laughs> and um, no offense, he grew up in North and uh, New York City. <laughs> <laughs> no, that explains it. There's no rules like here. Well, what's crazy is the fact that he even has a license that he grew up in New York. Like most people that grow up here don't ever get licensed. Yeah. Oh, he got it when he moved to, uh, to LA. Oh, okay. so he's a danger to us all. <laughs> yeah, like the fact that I'm here alive talking to now is a miracle. Congratulations. There have been two miracles this week, Donald Trump and me. <laughs> so we finally get to the movie, and um, it was like a couple days after Halloween. So he asked for my costume, and he wants to see a picture. And I show him a picture. We're sitting in the theater, by the way. And I hold my iPhone out to him, and he takes his right arm out of the popcorn bag and puts it on my screen to make the picture bigger. <gasps> oh, my and God. And I was like... You just put your greasy fingers all over my iPhone screen. Oh, my God. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. But as he says, I'm sorry, he reaches out with the same hand, like, past my shoulder. (laughs) So I was like, now you just put it on my jacket. There's, like, an element of, like, uncleanliness here that I'm kind of uncomfortable with. Yeah. Was the car clean? Not really. No. Like, not clean. Not unclean, but not noticeably, though, you know? Okay. No, like, no red flags. Um, and he was like, are you OCD? And I was like, well, actually, yes, but still, like, human decency, right? Right. Well, it's like he's missing some sort of spatial reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. And then I felt bad because I was like, I, like, got a little bit mad. I was like, no, I just put on my jacket. But I was like, uh, um, sorry. And the movie hasn't <laughs> even started yet. <laughs> no. And then the previews start, he's talking through all of the, like, freaking, like, previews. That's weird. Well, because everybody has a different school of thought on that. Like, I'm big on I want to watch it. I I paid for the previews also. Yeah, same. I'm also big on, like, not interrupting, like, other people around me. Right. Well, that's, yeah, that too. So, like, and also, like, we're in Hollywood. They take our movies very seriously. Yeah, like, like, it's like a Broadway show. Do a a lot of people sit until, like, even at Broadway shows, when the orchestra is playing the the final music, like, people are walking to the exit. Like, do people stay and and watch the the below-the-line people? Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, like a majority of the time. That's really cool, though. That is so cool. Yeah, it's it's like, it's our, like, a film industry town, and so they treat it very, like, with a lot of honor. It's really, it's, like, lovely to see, um... What's not lovely is the ticket prices are so much money. And I'm like, yeah. in the movie. Um, but besides that, it's like wonderful. But, um, you know, like the previews are coming on. He's like, just yelling like, oh, Julie Roberts. Like, I love her. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> me too. One of my favorites. <laughs> my God. And then. What did you go see? One thing after another. Oh, we saw Moonlight and it was excellent. Oh, yeah. I've heard it's it's all the buzz. Yeah. I'm. I mean, I think that it's a a great film on its own but combined with the fact that the Oscars have been like panned lately for having all white nominees like I think it's the perfect time for just like swoop in mm. totally yeah Oscars so white is still so real yeah yeah this was just like somebody too that I was like looking forward to going out with so it's a, a very much a disappointing night 
So how did everything turn out? Yeah, was it just the movie? Was there like a post movie anything? Um, we had like a, like dinner nearby afterward, and it was like fine. <laughs> you know, all right. <laughs> like no red flags, but um, I mean, I like to like talk clearly, and I like to like just talk about a movie that I saw, especially one that was like so completely phenomenal, and um, there just wasn't like a lot of substance there, you know. Mm. right well and it's so it's just so weird like sometimes you just have a gut feeling like you can't put the words to it but like just enough things went awry that you're like wow something's weird about this yeah like from the start too yeah like i never thought i would like judge somebody by their like bad driving but i also have never experienced such bad driving there you go how did you meet this person um through friends okay okay which is rare these days Yeah. Um, and then we like were just reconnected and I thought it'd be like, fun. Yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. There you have it. No, I think it's so interesting how the industry is like the reverse out where you are, Jeff. Whereas in New York, like I feel like, at least me personally, I take movies so for granted because we have movie theaters all around New York and New York City, but... Like it's like really the theater that gets take that gets taken so seriously, but <laughs> you being out like the film industry of the world, like it's the complete opposite. I find that fascinating. I don't know why I never yeah. thought of it before, but yeah. Also, like I our like billboards and our buses and our like bus waiting stations, like they're all covered with movie posters, oh. and so like there's just such a buzz around the city when like a new movie comes out. It's like it, you can't avoid it. That's that, so cool. That's funny because on our bus stations, it's all advertisements for delivery services. Yeah. Like every advertisement is how to make something, how to never leave your apartment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Wait, so is this person in the business? Like, do you think that that was a, that was a factor if he was or was not a member of, of our entertainment community? They are an actor, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, like nobody, no, nobody would know. Like I'm not protecting like a famous name. Uh, they're an actor and they uh, are just like a nice charming person and that's why like I was excited to go out with them but like beyond that like there was no substance beyond like just like being charming Hmm. right yeah it's gosh it's such a crapshoot dating you know we're now we're in our mid to late 20s and we're in this weird mode of like if people aren't getting engaged they're getting committed to and it's like if you're I mean, all three of us here on the phone are, are still dating around. Yeah. And it's such a weird kind of middle ground right now. No yeah. no man's land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I go, I go on, like, a lot of dates, too. And I'm just, like, I'm more than happy to, like, get a drink and, like, get to know somebody. And it's just, um, I'm co- currently a little bit frustrated, to be honest, just because I'm doing, like, quote-unquote everything right. Like, I'm not, um, that sounds so horrible. I'll, I'll explain. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Go on. I, I'm not, like, sitting around at home, like, wondering, like, why no one's calling me. Like, I'm actively, like, going out with a lot of people, like, meeting new people, um, going out with, like, groups of friends, and, like, just, like, doing the thing. But I'm frustrated because I don't like anybody. And, like, <laughs> no, good so, for like, you, though, like, for not settling because I, like, and I'm about to, like, blow up a spot here, but, like, I have a cousin who's in her late 20s right now, and she's, like, completely distraught that she's not married with kids at this point, and I'm, like, why, why would you want to settle? Why would you want to, like, why would you want to rush it and not be happy? Oh, I know. My, my, uh, we live in big cities, so, like, we are, like, have, like, major career pursuits that have, like, encompassed our entire lives, mm-hmm. but, um, 
to generalize, which I love to do, my <laughs> cousins and friends in middle of America, they are all about like the kid and the the spouse, and they're like when they go on dates within like date two, they're like, yes, I, I do. Wow. I'll be fine. Oh my gosh. Well, and what's, Whereas I'm like looking around for like to connect with somebody. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, do you find, do you find that it's almost overwhelming when we both live in meccas of, I would argue LA is more a mecca of the gay community than New York is in a way. Um, just cause the sheer number of people that live there, LA is like 18 cities in one. Yeah. Um, is it just overwhelming the choices and the people you meet or is it just no one is sparking your fancy? I'm not overwhelmed by the number of choices, to be honest. Um, I don't know if it's like, uh, like it's a new thing when I go to New York and like, I don't know anybody, so I'm excited by everybody. But I think, I think that personally there's like a bigger crop of guys in New York City that are equality. I think that LA kind of inspires like a more lackluster sit of the pool crowd and like I, I love to sit at the pool it's my favorite thing I do but I don't want to do it every day all day with a cocktail hmm. um you know so um I just think that like the possibly the kind of guy that LA attracts is not like my MO well and it's funny you say that because I think that now we're we're heading into really cold months here and that's the moment when everyone kind of snuggles down and finds their bay for the winter like yeah. LA doesn't have that it's that true. kind of <laughs> LA because we are such a career town um like I, I can't like impress upon you the way that like LA has the film industry and then there's like a finance industry but the finance industry only exists to like put money into films and mm. then there's like restaurants and like their business is like making lunch for like the catering for the film like it's just every aspect of this town is about a film it's fascinating. and so part of that is that it attracts people who want to be in film but I would argue that the New Yorkers are like harder workers because it's easier to live in LA um on like a like base level of like sunshine <laughs> um, yeah. and so people are complicit and like complacent with just like sitting at the pool all day with like a cocktail people want to work in the film and so they're all and because everyone has a friend who's on TV you feel like the next person you date could be like a movie star and so I think that people are a little bit hesitant to commit because they, when you go to Whole Foods and like you see Susan Sarandon, you know that like that could be your life. And so you're just kind of like waiting for like a next step bigger, a little bit bigger up. Hmm. Well, and you mentioned Fidei before. I feel that way when I go out with brokers and stuff. They make so much more than I probably ever will. And I'm just like, the hustle is so fucking real and you still have time to date. I make I make pennies compared to you and I yeah. feel like I have no time in the world. Right. Um, Jeff, have you ever lived in New York? I have not. Okay. No, Jeff went straight from, we went to school at, I guess I've never said my university's name on, on the podcast, but uh-huh. we went to Elon in North Carolina. And then Jeff, you went straight from Elon to LA, right? Yeah. After like two weeks after graduation, I drove out because I didn't want cold feet. All oh right. Gosh. Good for you. But well, we I mean, I think that's a good a place as any to say thank you. And yeah. we wish you well in both the podcast and dating. Your entire and, career. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're doing um, great. No, this is so much fun. I really appreciate you guys, uh, including me. And like, I love what you're doing. Thanks, like, good luck with you guys. Well, again, we love you. We love you so much. Again, Jeff's show is LGBTQ&A. And uh, you need to go listen to that podcast because he clearly has unbelievable guests. And I'm so proud of you, buddy. 
Thank you. Thanks, guys. Of course. Where can people find you on social media, Jeff? Um, I'm on Twitter at JeffMasters1. Okay, perfect. And All right. Yeah, we'll make it easy. And <laughs> we'll make sure to uh, to link everything up so everyone can find you. Cool. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you. Sending you love. Bye, Jeff. Right. Peace out. Bye, buddy. 